be too soft to start. Welcome. Hi, this is Broken Chair Scores, your favorite podcast. Mine as well. Great. <laughs> it's episode 37. Can you believe it? I thought it was 36, but indeed it is 37. Yes. Yeah, I saw that, that you mistakenly, that you mistook that for 36 and the files you sent me were labeled 36 and I'll, well, I let it, uh, let it slide uh, for the, for this time, you know, but uh, maybe it would be good if this wouldn't occur again, because people here at BCS headquarters take stuff like that quite seriously. And we want you to be professional about it. Okay. Thank you for your kindness and forgiveness, sir. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, 37 means I'm the Game Boy, you are the film buff. That's that's right, yeah. That I didn't confuse. Yeah, great, that's good. That means we have prepared correct stuff. And um, if you're thinking, wow, what's up with the audio quality today? There are several reasons why it has become even better. Would you like to indulge us uh, about your end of the reason? Well, um, I changed the microphone. Um, I'm currently using uh, the, the microphone that was uh, with, with my rock band game. And uh, apparently it sounds pretty nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, an, in an increase in quality, especially... Um, when compared to the last uh, recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were some issues. Yeah, well, I, I, re I used the, the microphone on the, on the headphones back then. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm using, yeah. I'm using a real, real microphone now, which I'm holding in my hands. And uh, I like to apologize in advance if uh, sometimes I use my hands and change the microphone from one hand to the other and it sounds uh, I don't know strange but uh, there you have it there's the reason um, I try to keep it uh, silent and in one hand and uh, okay so uh, thank you for doing that thank you for becoming a very professional podcaster that's what we do yeah that's... yeah and uh, the patreon supporters will reflect it in that we will just get even more money yeah um out of this production uh which we we will not use as the other podcasters do to you know, like buy new hardware and stuff no we use it for like booze and um, other other nice things clothes and stuff of course of course i'm paying my rent with them yeah because yeah. It, it doesn't say we have to use it for podcasting equipment we can use it for whatever we like you know exactly yeah all right 
Uh, also, the other reason is we're trying to, to upgrade um, our game, to step up the game and use Auphonic, Auphonic uh, to clean up uh, our audio tracks. So, yeah, let's see how that works. So maybe we will, we will be really clear, crystal clear and crisp for you. Or you don't hear a difference, whatever. Tell me, tell me, is there anything you'd like to mention on top of the show, business-wise? No, not really. Just uh, looking forward to today's show. That's it. Did you have a hard time choosing a film soundtrack? Because that's usually not your strong suit. You're absolutely correct. I planned in advance and I have, uh, I have kind of a little small list uh, of names and... Um, so, so I just had to pick one of this list that I, yeah, that I made during during the last weeks when when we were not recording. And uh, no, this time it was pretty easy. But uh, usually you're right. I'm I usually have uh, less problems picking a game than a film. It's great that you have a backlog now, so that we can uh, also do some ad hoc uh, on-demand recording. So in case I call you tomorrow and say emergency recording necessary then you would be ready wouldn't that be great yeah <laughs> all right okay people i think we step right in and start with my first track because the game boy always starts Ooh. and it is a soundtrack from a super nintendo game so you should be happy because that's yay right up your alley i have no idea if you know the game but I didn't, but I think it's very well known among other legacy video game soundtrack podcasters because uh, two of the tracks have been played on the Legacy Music Hour at least. I didn't check uh, Rhythms and Pixels. I don't know if they have a good um, history and if you can look for track titles on their website. I'm not sure. I don't think so. You don't think so? Because Brent Weinberg from the Legacy Music is very strong on uh, keeping the list of titles that has been played um, up to date and correct. And he even goes back to old to 10 year old episodes and like corrects mistakes that like, you know, wrong composer titles that were named and stuff. So this is like the, my go to place for composer references because he's better than most of the actual uh, databases online because he's very anal about this like he's very you know he, thorough interesting mm -hmm. anyways uh we're listening to a song by koichi sugiyama mm, great name he is a very famous composer mm -hmm. uh, in the super nintendo area uh, era and he composed this originally for the pc 98 do you know what that is yes of course. Great. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so it's a different console situation. And this was later on um, adapted by Motoaki Takenuchi for uh, the SNES. Mm -hmm. I also listened to the PC98 version. And it's, well, apparently the hardware was quite limited. So it doesn't sound super great. Definitely the Super Nintendo version sounds superior. And uh, also there's loads more tracks in there. So I took this one. I just start with the first track. And the first track is called The Origin of Gaia. Ooh, brilliant. Mm -hmm. 
was the track The Origin of Gaia and uh, I hope it uh, helped to set the mood for today's episode because it was, it was um, totally chill, don't you think? Yes, um, I absolutely agree. It's a very, very chill song. Brings me into the into the um, vacation mood, mm. kind of like a hammock song. Yeah, it's it's perfect for the KVGM, and probably it was already played there. The origin of Gaia sounds a bit you know mystical. I think. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about the actual game. The name of the game is Evo or Evo. Oh, nice! Search for Eden from 1992 for the SNES. Mm -hmm. And um, the original title is uh, 46 Okunen Monogatari Harukanaru Eden Hi. Aha. And um, interestingly, this is also not the original title, but rather... Well, actually, okay, so this is the Japanese title of the game, right? 46 Okunen Monogatari Harukanaru Eden Hi, right? But... This is, as I told you, based on the on the on the PC ninety eight game. The PC ninety eight game has the title four to six Okunen Monogatari, the Shinka Ron. Oh, okay. The Shinka Ron, and I really don't know what's going on here. If Shinka is an English word or a Japanese word or whatever, it's and and anyways. Um, this translates to 4.6 billion year story, the theory of evolution. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, you get the you get the idea. It's about um, the history of everything, basically. Yeah. 46. I mean, 46 billion years. It's basically the age of the Earth, right? Yeah. Well, according to some people, others think uh, the age of the Earth is like what 10,000 years. Well. Newsflash, I think it's this video game tells the truth here. Uh, and it's a game that sort of tells the story of life. And uh, you play as different creatures. Uh, and you evolve and stuff. And you start as a fish creature. And then you evolve into some sort of mammal and so on. Indeed, um, I have heard uh, uh, Pernell from the Rhythm and Pixels rave about that game. Mm. And uh, they, they played, I don't know, what songs from it. And um, I don't know if you know Pernell. Yeah. He, he usually gets pretty enthusiastic when when he likes a game and and draws you in and when after hearing him uh, rave about that game I, I really I wanted to know what it is although I still haven't haven't looked it up All right the premise sounds so interesting and uh, so so engaging uh, your objective is to ev to evolve creatures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, different things that you can change to change the evolution of the creatures and that stuff about uh, over the over the course of time. So this sounds so interesting. Um, nice, great choice. Thank you. I'm looking forward to hearing more more of it. Yeah, I'm gonna give you some more details later on after I played the next track. But before we go there, let's go to the movies. Yes. I chose a movie from uh, from France. In fact, mm. from now on, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a film because film uh, movies from France are films. Sure. It is uh, a cartoon. To to all of you American uh, listeners out there, 
of which, of course, we have thousands and thousands. Totally. Uh, it might be a franchise that you're not that familiar with, um, but over here in Europe, we we love and cherish it, and we uh, we are all we grew up with it. Enough said. It's a it's a, one of the early Asterix films, and uh, here you have uh, the main theme of the film Asterix and uh, the Twelve Trials. And we're back! Not even 20 minutes into the show and I made my first mistakes, but that's uh, how professional we are. The title of the film is The Twelve Tasks of Asterix, and not what I just said, I don't remember even. You said trials, and I also looked it up, but um, you're right, it said, it's in English it says 12 uh, tasks, but let's, I mean, we're an international podcast and also we're like in Europe, so Everybody speaks French here fluently, I guess. Can you say the original title, please? Yes, the original title is Les Douze Travaux d'Asterix. Oui. And uh, we in Germany got to know the film as Asterix erobert Rom. Ah. In Germany, we change names of everything just because. Willy nilly. <laughs> And yeah, maybe the musically more inclined of you also could make out by the sound of the of the uh, band or the orchestra and what what time that was. The film came out in 1976, and the soundtrack of that film and two other Asterix films was made by music composer Gérard Calvi. As I said, we here in Germany grew up with Asterix, and I think. 
that was one of the first Asterix, if not even the first Asterix film that I myself watched as a kid. I know the the soundtrack of that film inside and out, and uh, it uh, is a big factor of nostalgia, of course, in in that soundtrack. So I'm gonna I'm gonna spread my my very objective opinion here and say that this uh, this is my favorite Asterix film. Yeah, I'm gonna let you take part in a few tracks of the soundtrack here. Brilliant. Such a nice track. Like, you know, such a very quirky, funny, nice, and overall very, very friendly track, you know, like, you know, Asterix himself, you know, he's a nice guy. Indeed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe a bit of background. Asterix tells the story of a village in Gaul, uh, which is located in, in today's France, back around the year 50, I think, after Christ. No, before Christ. Julius Caesar tries to tries to conquer Gaul, but he gets defeated always by that little village in Gaul. That's the whole premise of Asterix. They uh, tell the story of that, that little village and the adventures of Asterix himself as the protagonist and his friend Obelix and their little dog Idefix. Okay, so we move back to Earth 4.6 billion years ago the theory of evolution the Shinkaron as it is called as well the next track that I chose is track six by the way I'm using the Zofar source track so if you go to Zofar Z-O-P-H-A-R uh, you will find loads of VGM tracks uh, to download for free and I think it's well, it's, it's kind of legal, so you don't have to do any fishy stuff, you know, you don't have to have a VPN or something, you know. So you just can go there and download them, and I guess they are, I mean, it's 92, so it's more than 25 years, and should be alright, I guess. And yours is even older, your music. So I think this is one of the, this is one of the episodes that's actually legal. <laughs> I don't know. All, all our episodes are legal. Sure, they are totally legal. Of course they're legal. But, but some of them are so good, they should be illegal, you know? That's something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, next up is Birthplace of All Life. A very dramatic track, but still very good. Enjoy it now.
you just heard Birthplace of All Life by composed by Koichi Sugiyama, arranged for the Super Nintendo by Motoaki Takanouchi from the game Evo A Search for Eden. And I mean this is this track's not kidding around, you know, this is like serious stuff. Birthplace of All Life and the, the track shows it, you know, with this very very consistent, you know, baseline situation, and it's almost like a news ticker, like news flash. Now we have life on Earth, but it's also a little playful. I heard this fake harp, glissandi situation. So there's a bunch of stuff in there. It's a bit more varied than the first one, uh, not as chill, but still very good. I think you said it with your description as playful. It's the conception, the beginning, the the everything, and uh, a lot of surprise and um, unexpected, sudden things moving and breathing, and sounds sounds very playful. Yeah, I, I would be very interested to hear the the original from the PC ninety eight. Yeah, most of these tracks don't exist on the original. Ah, okay, I see. I think the original, and you can also listen to it on Zofar, the original score has like 10 tracks, and this one has 40 or something. So there's way more tracks in the Super Nintendo version. So maybe Mr. Koichi Sugiyama came up with new ones for the Super Nintendo, or it was Mr. Motoaki Takenuchi. I don't know. That's a bit of a fail on my, my end. Mm. Anyways... Let me tell you a bit about the game. It's a side-scrolling action game. Mm -hmm. I think it also has some role-playing elements in there. Critics enjoyed the originality of the game, according to Wikipedia, but uh, criticized the tedious gameplay and uh, subpar graphics. So it's it is not all great, you know. Graphics, shit, gameplay, tedious, but original and The soundtrack is obviously fantastic, otherwise it wouldn't show up in this episode. Indeed. <laughs> I I think, well, tedious gameplay, that's that's a very double-edged sword. Because if I if I could plug your other podcast, uh, Aufbaumusik, Ooh. which, if we are honest, has tedious gameplay as... as uh, <laughs> As a, as the background, <laughs> all all those games like SimCity and Tycoon games and all that. I, I mean, that's all re very repetitive. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, you have to be. You have to like that kind of game. Mm. I think tedious is the very wrong word for that. <laughs> okay, I, I haven't played it. I don't know. I, I couldn't I couldn't um, tell you, but it's just what Wikipedia says. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, but but that's my opinion too. I, I think that's not the right word for that kind of game. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Should we move on with the second Asterix track? That'd be great. Yeah. Let me just check my notes. That second track would be. Well, there, there's a there's a note that I have to tell you before the track plays. It is before you say anything. I know it's it's a twofer, but I didn't. I, I it's not my choice. What? Yeah, from the factory, the factory setting is <laughs> it's two it's two tracks. I know that. But um, well, let's let's hear it. It's Crocodile Gros Bouffe by Gerard Calvi.
There we are. First of all, uh, before <laughs> before I repeat the name and the uh, the name of the track and the the composer, I would like to apologize, uh, if not in advance, but from now on, I'm very sorry if I butcher all the French names. I neither I'm a, neither am I a, a native speaker nor do I uh, speak French fluently. So the track is called, as I think, Crocodile Grosse Bouffe. Okay, and the track is, as I said, kind of a two-parter. That's because, um, first of all, this is how it, how, it's, how it is on the soundtrack. And second, um, it contains of uh, two parts that play in different uh, scenes of, of the movie, of the film. This, they did that, you know, in the, in, back in the day, because they, I think it's like they thought track needs, tracks need to be a certain length and they can't con contain like shorter shorter things you know i think it's okay you know you apologize in advance but i think it's not too bad are you referring to the like the first part is this waltz kind of bit mm -hmm. and then later on we come to this circus organ kind of thing exactly yeah 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 exactly so i i got it that it's kind of two things but um i think it's all right it wasn't too too different these two things they, they sound in a way very very circus music let's let's talk about uh, about what the, 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 this film is about if you allow me I will uh, read the what what the film is about from the Wikipedia Wikipedia page because it, I couldn't I couldn't say it any better following constant defeats by the rebel village of Gaul, the Roman Senate begins to suggest that the Gauls might be gods due to, due to their apparent invincibility. Julius Caesar, openly disdainful of the suggestion, decides to test the village and meets with their chieftain, uh, vital statistics. Caesar declares that the Gauls must undertake the chal a challenge, inspired by the twelve labors of Hercules. The village's best warriors shall perform a set of 12 new tasks, which only gods could carry out successfully. Completion of all the tasks will see Caesar hand over the Roman Empire to them, whereas failing just one task will result in the Gauls surrendering to Rome. Agreeing to the terms, the village assigns Asterix and Obelix to perform the tasks, with Caesar assigning Caius Tidlus a Roman man renowned for his honesty, tagged as their guides to the tasks and serve as the challenger's referee. The track that we just heard, or the two tracks, were one during the tasks, the task where they have to cross a river filled with crocodiles on an invincible rope. The second part of the track was the task where they have to finish all the meals prepared by a Belgian cook called Mannequin Picks. Hey. Of course, they they finish all the tasks uh, splendidly. Uh, there's two things that come to mind I'd like to add here. For international listeners, this might be a bit weird, but I think in Germany, Asterix is among the very few comic books that it's okay for adults to read. 
in the let's say <laughs> this came out 70 something so in the up until now nowadays it's okay if you like akira as as a grown-up mm -hmm. but in the 70s and i would actually say up until the noughts maybe it was a bit weird and cartoons and animation stuff was uh, considered to be for kids aside from asterix asterix always had this weird vibe of okay adult people like dads can also like like it and it's not frowned upon in germany like only in germany i can only refer to that i'm not really sure why that is because it's just a cartoon about a bunch of people who hit each other and uh, drink this magic juice and then they get super strength and stuff uh, i don't know but somehow everybody likes asterix and it's okay for grown-ups to like asterix uh, Maybe I don't know. Maybe I mean, uh, I mean that's that's uh, a very valid point. I I didn't even think about that, but I I assume that uh, it might have to do with the very very loose uh, historical connection that it has. Yeah. Uh, so so that people think okay, it has maybe some some <laughs> little kind of uh, educational value. I don't know. Might very well be the germans are terrible this is with this sort of thing and everything has to be educational and so yeah you know okay forget about this garbage i'm not really sure that my kids for example will ever know it i think just a couple of days before when there was nothing new on netflix i um suggested one of these asterix movies obviously there's now like uh, computer cgi asterix movies mm-hmm and I think the older one, the eight-year-old, wanted to start it, but the five-year-old was like immediately um, not liking it. Like, yeah. so I'm not really sure that this is a thing that will go on in the next generation. But in ours, it was uh, very famous. Yes, and rightfully so. Interestingly, my my sister recently showed one of the films to my to my little nieces. The older one, I think she's nine. I think. She looked at my sister and said, "Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what's what's that?" <laughs> so, so you might be right there. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I think we've, we've we have a bunch of Asterix comic books at home. Maybe I'll introduce it to them. Let's see how they handle it. Before we reveal the one big takeaway that every German knows from this film, let's move on to introduce a track from uh, the game first and then we come back to the to the one big famous thing this um, film introduced to popular culture. Do you know what I'm referring to? I'm not really sure, no. When I reveal it, you will know. Of course, okay. Okay, next track on the game front. It's, I think, probably the best track. So brace yourselves for some real good music by the way this uh, soundtrack makes heavy use of the stereo effect but since this is a podcast this is all mixed down to mono because some of you guys just have one airpod in and or one you know other pod thing in and just want to listen casually that's cool so you get the full sound on each of your pods but some of these tracks are really amazing on the stereo front so if you are into the stereo stuff you should listen to the soundtrack from another source like not from this podcast because we're gonna mix it down to mono okay next up is 
undersea maze. So we're still in the first of five distinct geological periods, right? The first one is the Paleozoic era. And this is like the fish creature era, right? So you're kind of a fish fish guy or fish creature, I don't know. And um, this is in um, highbrow terms called Paleozoic era. Enjoy the track.
fish creatures in the game Evo, uh, search for Eden, swim about and try to evolve. I think that's basically what happens during this track. The Undersea Maze. And this one is, is uh, sending me strong 70s sci-fi vibes. And I think this is partly due to the to the like um, sound that they use as soon as the the beat steps in, the drums come in like this, boo, because this is I think something that also in the soundtrack to Captain Future is used. You can be boo, and this is like uh, the same um, uh, like I don't know a musical movement I would say. You know the same two tones with a sliding motion in between and. Maybe that's why I associated it rather with space than with um, undersea mazes. Very interesting observation. Yeah, I didn't didn't quite hear that. But what I heard was uh, now we're cooking, quite literally. Now we're cooking. I mean, it's totally disco as well. You know, when the when the beat comes in mm -hmm. and it's like you you want to move, you want to shake your legs and yeah, unfortunately yeah. as a as a fish creature you don't have any legs, you know, that's a bit of a problem there. Exactly. There's there are no toes to jam with. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, um anything on the, the background of the game let me check. So yeah, this was a Paleozoic era. And I think the other ones, because I, I cannot... Uh, so, for example, there's five eras in the game. Mm -hmm. And it would have been it would have been pretty elegant of me to choose one track from each era. But I didn't do that, you know? <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, this is not the kind of show, you know? You want something like that? Go to the BBC or something. I don't know. Yeah. You don't do that. Yeah. You yeah. just do it willy-nilly style. Exactly. Because I wanted to highlight the best tracks from the soundtrack, right? That's how we roll. Definitely. So Only the best. I'm going to give you the other eras and maybe you can make some sense of that. So this was Paleozoic. Next is Carboniferous period. That carbon, you know this word carbon? This yeah. is where that comes from kind of. I don't know. So Carboniferous. Then we have Mesozoic era. This is basically known as the era of the dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. The technical term for it is Mesozoic. Mesozoic. I don't know why. I don't know any of these words. Then we have the Neogene period, which is the Ice Age. Oh. Like a big, one of the big ones. You know, there was a bunch of Ice Ages, I think. And I'm not referring to the popular animated movie franchise. So, bunch of Ice Ages. This one, this is the big one. Neogene period. Mm -hmm. And then we have the Quaternary period. Quaternary or Quaternary, I don't know. Early man. This is where, like, um, early man came uh, onto the page basically you and me if we were a bit just a bit hairier i'm not really sure if they had podcasts back then but you don't i'm not sure i mean and if they don't i don't want to be part of it because podcasts is what's up you know and if they if, if your era doesn't come up with any podcasts i don't want to be a part of this era i don't know i think but maybe smoke smoke casks or uh drum casts or something like that yeah yeah maybe they they did stuff yeah but i'm pretty happy i'm I'm, re I'm really not sure what we call the current era but this is probably i mean probably historians in ten thousand years will give this era a name like Ge geo 
graph is it geo no, no it's geological right this era will also have a geological name some kind of term yeah yeah in probably a million years maybe like yeah. not even in 10,000 10,000 is nothing you know in geological terms yeah if if uh, man survives that long yeah <laughs> let's hope so well we won't we won't because we don't and we won't care and we don't care and uh, we won't be there <laughs> yeah well yeah also i drink a lot of beer so that's also yeah. one of the reasons why i won't be around in 10 million years but what a, what an amazing premise i mean uh, highly interesting if you think about it have you ever tried have you, have you ever thought about crossing a lion with a chicken and uh, seeing what comes out of it uh, no the other end, uh, <laughs> or after after a few million years uh, interesting yeah it is interesting because that's how life works i guess yeah for all of you out there who still think that's not how it worked and you know um some mystical man in the sky with a long beard does that all bad news guys that you know check out video games and they tell you the truth this is highly educational as is asterix indeed indeed and that's why we should go there now back to asterix back to 50 years before christ or oh, some some of that some some time there the next track i guess uh, i'll just jump to that is called uh, la cour de merino and uh, as the tracks before composed by gerard calvi <laughs> Back again. That was Cour de Merino. Interestingly, the names of the of, of most of the characters are being changed in the in the different languages, the different translations of the films, because the names usually have some some meaning. Maybe you noticed when I when I talked about the chieftain of of the village. Uh, who was called um, Vital Statistics. Yeah, that's, that confused me. That confused me, and I tried to look it up on, while we're doing this, and I, I was too slow. So are we talking about Majestics? Yes, indeed. And this his guy's name in English is Vital Statistics? Yeah. Oh, come on. Um, uh, don't, don't question it. <laughs> that's just how it is. Okay. What's his name in the original, then, in French? That's a good question. Um, I'm going to look it up <laughs> in the next track. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> But um, about this track, La Cour de Merino, 
We know him in the in the German translation as Merinos, um, the Greek, who um, is a is a winner of Olympic Games, of ancient Olympic Games, and a runner. And Asterix has to has to race him, and that's why the track is so high paced. He's called Asbestos, and I have no idea why and how they came up with that name, Asbestos. But um, again, that's how it is. Okay. Don't question it. <laughs> yeah. Asterix has to raise him. I guess that comes along in the track. Oh, yeah. I really liked the music because it reminded me of episode 13 of this very podcast. 13? You have a great memory. Where we, well, maybe it was memory, maybe I Google it. In episode 13... I uh, introduced a Japanese anime soundtrack to the series Mobile Suit Gundam. Gundam. Eighth MS team. And I, I think I remember that back then in the year 2018, I mentioned that these old animation films have this certain sound. You know, they, they had real instruments, but it probably wasn't full orchestras and it's more a bit of a bit on the uh, on the side of trumpets and brass than on mm -hmm. the side of the strings because you can just get more sound out of a bunch of brass players you know five trumpets easily sound more impressive than five string instruments you know with string instruments you need way more so it's a television show and maybe it, they went a bit, you know, cheap on the instruments. Anyway, they have this strong accent on the brass instruments. And this track in particular reminded me of, of this other soundtrack. And this is a sound that I really like, that I also know from my childhood because I watched children's animated shows, obviously, and most, many of them had this sound. Very, very interesting observation. Um, I, I, I think I know what you mean. And indeed, it's a very, very distinct sound. I think even for the 70s. Um, I don't know if, the, if, if animated movies in the 80s or 90s kept that sound. I, I associate it with, indeed with the end of the 60s uh, and the 70s. Yeah, I think they kept it a bit because uh, maybe in the beginning it was sort of a necessity and then came later on they, they just thought, okay, this is how this stuff sounds now and then we just keep it. You know, this, this sort of effect. Let me introduce this one thing that I think everybody in Germany knows, still now knows, and that originated in this film and this is what we in Germany call Passierschein A38. Yes, yes, indeed. And I wish, I wish, I, I wish I had found the track for that, but I didn't. Ah, uh, okay. The, the soundtrack for this movie is so. There are just the five tracks that I found. Okay. It's so sad. Yes. Would you like to tell the listeners what's up with that, or should I do it? Well, one of the trials is Asterix and Obelix. They have to get some kind of permit document from from some bureaucratic building. Yeah, maybe that's it, yeah. It's called the Passierschein A38, as you just said. Just just some document. Um, the, the task is, get us this document and the task is done. And they say, oh, that's it, okay, we'll, we'll get in. And they get into the building and, uh, of course, 
as bureaucrats are, even uh, as they were back then, they get sent from one, one window to the other, from one person to the other, and in the end, they, they nearly lose their minds until Asterix beats them at their own game by just inventing some imaginary permit that doesn't exist and uh, basically drives the, the whole building insane by himself. And in the end, he, he just gets it, I don't know, asking some, some dude who... Who is there? Uh, could you, by the way, just give me that permit? Oh, there you are. And uh, yeah, and they're done. It's it's a metaphor, right, for bureaucracy. Yes. And they nicely put that into perspective in this film. And this A38 is something that refers to bureaucracy and permits and paragraphs i don't know and in germany yeah. you still hear that you know I, i work in an office and as office humor goes there's people who sometimes refer to passierschein 38 or 38 when they want to express that this thing that they are faced with is unnecessarily bureaucratic and yeah so this is the one takeaway i think from the film that still almost 50 years later is still a thing that people talk about yeah and this this um, also goes to show you how well accepted cartoons and comics were when they were asterix yeah <laughs> all right number 10 track number 10 from the video game evo search for eden by koichi sugiyama masters of land sea and sky
that was um, Masters of Land, Sea and Sky from the soundtrack to Evo Search for Eden by Koichi Sugiyama and arranged by Motoaki Takenuchi. This track had a great stereo effect and I think you didn't hear it because it was already mono uh, for us and it will be mono for you podcast hearers. But there was this, um, do you remember this one uh, situation that happened several times in this track where the old uh, JS, the old cunt, makes an appearance and um, we hear this uh, single voice. It sounds a bit baroque. Yes, yes. This is mm-hmm. straight up stereo. So you hear it on your left ear, straight on, only on the left ear, and then immediately after that on your right ear, again on the left, right, so on. And this is something that was heavily used in the past, and nowadays you don't hear it too often. Particularly not this in this strength, where you really only hear it on one ear. You know, nowadays if you have a bit of stereo, you hear it a bit on, a bit more on one side, but still you hear traces of it on the other side, so on. But maybe due to technical limitations, or I don't know, they had it 100% left, 100% right, boom, boom, boom. It's brilliant. It sounds really cool. You know, if you listen to this track on so far or any other source, check out that it's stereo and you can enjoy this this cool effect that they because it's 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 an effect, you know. So absolutely worth listening to somewhere else as well. Totally. I mean, we are not yeah. you know, this is not this shouldn't be your source for music. You know, this should be a source of inspiration for music that you then go and legally buy in a store on CD, if it exists. Indeed, yeah. This soundtrack, and uh, particularly this track, starts to introduce atonality, I think. And uh, the track does it in a nice way, so it's not pretty easy to to write down the chords is what that means you know the chords it's not like your your straightforward one four five one situation right it's it's a bit more complex musically so you wouldn't expect uh, where the track goes you know you you some songs modern songs you can hum along uh, on the first list because you sort of mm-hmm. can expect where the music will go I can only say that I found the track very surprising, not only from the uh, different pace it had compared with the, the tracks before, but as well from the, the the classical injection there. Very very interesting, very surprising, very nice. Great track, loved it. I think they also used all the drum samples they had. You know, like, okay, so we have these four drum samples and then these two others, and then we let, let's use all of them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, there's yeah. like this, there's like one one segment in there where, they, where I think they just went through all of their samples they had and just played them in a row. <laughs> yeah. Whatever fits in memory, let's do it. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah, that was that was my penultimate track, and um, your next track will sort of determine my final track because now I have to choose from three tracks, and they have three different moods. And let's see what you're gonna play next, so that I can sort of reflect that and mirror it, or you know, react to it in a certain way. So it's up to you now. Yeah, my penultimate track will also go a different approach, a different way. Here's also, of course, by Gérard Calvi, L'Île du Plaisir. (laughs) 
And here we are, back from the sirens. That was L'Ile de Plaisir by Gérard Calvi. As I said before, it goes a little bit in a different direction with beautiful siren choirs and, uh, as I think, a very 70s big band sounding bass and drums drum set besides the beautiful sirens i i love the bass and i love the snare drum and uh, i think it is the perfect track to spread your legs and uh, <laughs> lay lay in the sun and um, have beautiful <laughs> Beautiful girls with certain physical uh, features give you tasty, tasty <laughs> grapes. I think you meant, I think you meant stretch your legs, but you said spread your legs. <laughs> well, I mean, depending on uh, on your gender, of course, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, this is prototypical seventies uh, soundtrack vocals in there and I love vocals you know if you have like I mean I, I don't like lyrics but vocals are great if you get if you get some nice Italo Western sort of sounding vocals in there you know maybe for the listeners who haven't seen the film girls tried to seduce our you know Asterix and Obelix didn't they yes indeed it was one of the challenges they they had to cross a lake there, there's this island where those sirens live they nearly succumb to those women And they only come to their senses when um, Obelix finds out that there are no wild boars to eat there. That's the no-go and the, the deal-breaker for him. And he gets angry and says, there's, there's no way I'm, I'm, I'm staying here. Nectar and ambrosia and uh, that, that kind of stuff. You can keep that. If there's no wild boar, I'm not staying. Maybe we should tell the listeners that eating these animals, you call them wild boars, is a trademark meal for these guys so they always hunt these animals and then they eat them and they roast them and they look delicious what i'm interested in is how did they like portray this you know aspect of the sirens trying to seduce our heroes without being overtly sexual because it's you know it's a comic book they they weren't You know, they were, yes, were they? yes, they were, yes, absolutely. Uh, in fact, my other sister, <laughs> who watched that that film with uh, with her sons, told me, uh, "How were we allowed to to watch that film back then? <laughs> because of because of that, maybe from today's standards, too sexual portraying of of the women living on that isle." Okay, I mean, I guess it's not too sexual. It's just a bit sexual for an, a kids movie. Yeah, from today's yeah from today's point of view, there are very deep cleavages, very short skirts, and uh, see-through dresses and uh, i mean you have to put yourself into the mind of a 70s man i guess yeah maybe i should uh, re-watch the movie now that you mention all these details yeah um, yeah yeah, and, yeah and and if someone gets in you say it's just asterix i mean it's asterix come on yeah <laughs> what's the big deal here <laughs> all right cool no great track very good yeah very serene After we've been seduced by your track, it's time for my final track from the game uh, Evo Search for Eden, Okunen, 46 Okunen, Monogatari, Harukanaru Eden He, which is based on the 
PC ninety-eight game with the title forty-six Okunen Monogatari the Shinka Ron. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with track number thirty-two, Dino People. And the other tracks that were in, uh, they were hot contenders for the number five were um, 23, Foreboding Desert, um, which is kind of dark and gloomy and stuff, but it's maybe not what we need now. Also, Glimpse into the Future is nice, track number 30, which is a bit of uh, more of what we already had with this Baroque kind of JS kind of stuff. No, I'm gonna go for Dino People. Track number 32.
So I got one question for you. Was that music to accompany um, a level in the video game about dinosaurs? Or was that the soundtrack to a private investigator in the 70s who was very sleazy and fishy and there's a big conspiracy going on? This is so weird. This is exactly what I wanted to tell you. Exactly. I, I was forming the words in my in my in my mind and <laughs> in my mouth. I wanted to tell you that I thought of some private detective <laughs> investigating some some strange case. I see a woman with a big hat. <laughs> Definitely. The woman is there. Yeah. Everything is yeah. there. The the, yeah. the track draws this picture for you and then it's the dino people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Suddenly, Jean-Luc Picard, who plays a private detective, turns into some dinosaur man. <laughs> yes, this is what happens in the video game Evo Search for Eden. There was this great organ, and it was all very, you know, con cons conspirational. Cons there's a bunch mm -hmm. of conspiracies going on. Maybe the dinosaurs plotted against, like, the head dinosaur and wanted to get rid of him, and I don't know. And then they came up with this asteroid theory stuff and that's how they got rid of him but unfortunately the asteroid was too strong and killed everybody that's very likely an inside job this whole asteroid theory thing you know <laughs> probably yeah all right yeah no, that was the last track it's from from this great game check it out evo evo search for eden 1992 on the snes koichi sugiyama good stuff very beautiful mm. well I'm going to go out with a bang. Before we start the track, we should do all the official stuff. Well, before we do the official stuff, I just want to talk a little bit about the track. Just that this is the track that plays while Asterix and Obelix are on that Isle of Pleasure. So expect a big fun and get yourself ready for a dance. If you're listening with a partner, maybe get ready, stand up. And as soon as the track starts, you can go ahead. You got my approval. What was it that you wanted to send with that? I want to say thank you for listening. I want to tell you that you can comment on our um, website, uh, brokenchairscores.blogspot.com. We really like it when you send a comment or write a comment under the show notes. We also uh, like if you send us emails, you can send us an email to brokenchairscores at justemail.net. Uh, you'll find the email address on the website, just Google Broken Chair Scores. And you will find uh, everything you need. Our friend Elim also posts and reposts our stuff on uh, Facebook. Is that still true? That's absolutely true. Yeah, I'm still keeping friendships with him. You should. Very good. Very good guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, next up is episode 38, where we will have our regular spiel, one game, one film, expected soon. And with soon, I mean maybe even in 2022. Then we will play the track. Would you like to tell us the track title, please? The final track is called. Obelix Samba and it is composed as all the other tracks by the great Gérard Calvi. Thank you very much. Bye.
was the track The Origin of Gaia and uh, I hope it uh, helped to set the mood for today's episode because it was, it was um, totally chill, don't you think? And you're still muted, by the way, I muted you. And I cannot unmute you. Then let me unmute myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after, uh, after a while of uh, talking to myself here, yes, um, I absolutely agree. It's a very, very chill song. But before we go there, let's go to the movies. Yes. So are you going to say something about okay. it? See, <laughs> see, just... there, there we have it. That's that's the, the big disadvantage when we don't sit in front of each other. I was True. yes, I, I was expecting that you were that you start. The... That's great, and we need to remember that we have to do the the the, the block where we um, do all the formalities before because this is the track, and then you remember we we, we say a bunch of stuff, and then the. Track trace, uh, track place, and then we don't come back. So that's mm -hmm. the format of the show. I briefly forgot about it, but and it and it and it and it and it and it.